Hey, good morning, everybody. Hope everybody is well. Happy Sunday. For those who are here live, thanks so much for being here live. For those of you here any day of the week, however you're listening to this, thanks so much for tuning in whenever you tune in. A new week, a new opportunity, a new beginning. That's the beauty of how our calendar is structured. We're always, always dealing with newness. It's a core concept in spirituality. Everything, everything is an opportunity to get better. And one of the greatest blocks of growth is holding on to yesterday. There's a famous rabbi named Rabbi Nachman, Rabbi Nachman. He said that the greatest negative impact of sin is that it convinces you that you are a sinner. That's the greatest problem is we identify with the past. A new week, a new day, and if you really think about it, it's actually every new moment. So Sundays are great because Sundays really is the beginning of a new week, new opportunity to really grow in ways that we never even thought possible before. And where we were last week was talking about this idea of foundation, knowing what we stand for, knowing clearly what our lives are about, not allowing the world to drive the car of our lives by allowing us to fight over symbols and trophies that somebody else determines is important. That's how, that's what childhood is about. If you really, if you really try to understand the difference that takes place in the mind of a child to an adult, it's not based on age. Is that children are born into structured environments. For the most part, children are given are given their environments. That's why childhood is so hard. That's why especially adolescence is so difficult. It's because adolescents live in environments given to them. They can't start their own school. Some kids are homeschooled. And if yours is homeschooled, then you're accepted. But for most children, not homeschooled, they're schooled. And school is an environment that a kid enters into in which there are people that they didn't choose. They didn't choose the friends that, maybe they choose who they're friends with, but they didn't choose the environment that they're in. They don't choose their classes. They don't choose the length of the periods and the size of their day and the amount of their homework. They don't choose whether or not the school values sports or academics. Someone chooses for them. Until you graduate high school, much of your formative years is navigating an environment that was chosen for you. And so most of the time you're playing defense. If you're lucky, you get on offense. If it fits, if it works, if you end up with the right classes and the right friends, and if you fine, amazing. But it's really, you're even if it looks like you've got the steering wheel, really, there's someone else driving this car. 
parents and educators. Right, and it's a difference. When you're in the world of homeschooling, it's a little different. But even then, it's mom or dad. There's a curriculum that was created for kids that they inherit, that they go into. Now, here's where we get tripped. Before we start talking about how to get out of it, I just want to spend more time in understanding it. Because the more we spend time in understanding where it comes from, the more we could easily identify the sources that we have to change. Sometimes when, we, when we're blunt, when I mean in the instrument, not in being you know, clear, when, we're bl- when the instrument is blunt in, in, in the problems, the solution doesn't really hit. But if we spend a little bit more time understanding really what's going on in our minds to the, to the extent we can, It'll help when we start to to shift into the world of solution. So let's just sort of put these pieces together. If we are products of our minds, our mind is products of its exposure. What you're exposed to is really what you think is normal. I remember reading a study about, about kids and who they end up dating and how it all connects to the people that are in their world and what they think is attractive. It's fascinating. You see throughout history, throughout cultures, people think someone's attractive that somebody else thinks is totally unattractive. It's an amazing thing. If you look in a room and you see all these different types of people and people think that all different types are attractive, how is that? And the answer is, is because they're exposed to things. And as you get exposed to things, you start to create connections. And if you are exposed to something long enough, then it has a different impact on you. This is a very big deal with style. I think we've spoken about this on the show as well, how style works. You know, it's amazing, right? Like one one year, like something is like totally in style and everyone loves it and you look amazing in it. And next year, something totally else is in style. You ever think like, how is that possible? Like, how is it possible that like a year ago, no one would be, would be quite dead in that thing. And a year from now, you can barely find it on the shelves. Like, how is it possible that you go to some, like your grandmother's house for Passover, right? And you're like, oh my gosh, what were you wearing back then? And the next you're like, oh my gosh, you were so in style back then. Like what happens in your brain? Like what happened that your brain like totally shifted? Usually it's because people expose you to different clothing. And usually what they do is they take really beautiful people and they dress them up with that clothing and they put it in front of you. So you see it on Instagram and on billboards and wherever you look, you'll see somebody wearing something. And if you just keep on seeing it enough time, you'll associate that style with that beauty. And after a while, you see it around, you see it around, and then it becomes normalized. And all of a sudden, like you think it's good, that it's, it's, it's more attractive. It's not more attractive. It's an amazing thing that a few people can control the minds of the masses, their, their spending habits. 
how they eat, what they choose to wear. It's incredible, don't you think? It's incredible how the world could want something and they, they, they won't know because they want it. Their brain says, I want to buy that when they don't realize that the only reason they want to buy that is because somebody else spent a lot of money getting that celebrity to put it on and then spend more money with that marketing company to get it out to your face. So your eyes see it enough times and then you wake up in the morning and you want something. You don't think that they're programming it to you. You actually think you want it to the point in which you'll go out and work harder or get take something less or or spend the money you could have used for somebody else or what or something else like you and you don't even know. It's amazing. I I don't know if you're as excited as I am just thinking about this. It's amazing to think that our desires could be so easily programmed that it could vacillate from year to year. It's not like 30 years in the making. It could be year to year in the making. It's credible. So your exposure is changing the way you see the world. And the way you see the world is changing what you feel like you need. And if you're not clear, if we are not clear with what we stand for, that means someone else is driving us. So here's how it works. Because our formative years, that means from the beginning of our life until we were, we were 18, do you know how many seconds that is? I'm sure Andy's figuring out as we speak, my whiz. You have been in an environment where somebody else has been telling you what's important. From the beginning of our lives until we were basically young adults, we live in a world where somebody else is, and of course, Andy's got it, 31 million. In case you want to know how many seconds it is, 31 million. Somebody else is putting us in a world and what they're doing is saying that symbol, that's valuable. And we're not old enough to say, no, it's not, unless it could be in our nature. So, we, so there are kids that are, you know, just by nature, less uh, compliant, unless we're totally not good at it at all. There are kids that go into schools and they have no shot at surviving the symbols of the school. So like you make adaptations for, okay, there are exceptions to the rule, but for the most part, they, they dangle a symbol. Whatever that symbol is, an A, a sports trophy, a chess trophy, clothing, I don't know, whatever the environment is in. And in, in a school, there could be multiple environments. We start driving towards that world. So driving towards that world. And we don't even realize that we're being driven by our environment towards the symbols that somebody else determined was important for us. It's called being a child. That's what childhood is. In Yiddish, there's a word called, called nar, 
Narish. Nar is Hebrew for child. And Yiddish, when you say someone is, is narish, it's like, it's, it's childlike. There's a word in Yiddish called narishkeit. Narishkeit is like things that are, you know, child, childish. Don't be a nar. I don't speak Yiddish. I speak a little bit. My grandparents spoke Yiddish. But the only thing I learned from them were like words related to food. I know how to say I want to eat in Yiddish, that's for sure. But outside that, it gets complicated. The child mind inside us needs the environment to make us feel important. The child inside us has never really grown out of what environment am I in and what is the symbol of that environment? And we can graduate high school, but never graduate high school. You better believe it. You can graduate high school. Your kids can graduate. Your grandkids can graduate high school. And you never graduate high school. Just high school gets bigger. Whatever it is, just a new environment that we are now a part of that we want to be successful in. And we don't have our own measures of success. We don't have our own foundational pillars of what our life stands for. We've never really thought about that. We've never really had the moment that ever stepped us off the treadmill that made us question, what are the pillars of my life? So therefore, we allow other people to determine that symbol that I need to get to feel good about myself. And so in an environment that I go to right now, the symbol can be wealth. I was in an environment like, for sure. I mean, I'm not saying that I'm out of it. I don't want to go off at anyone to think like, oh, I got it. I don't got anything. (laughs) I don't got anything. We're all the same. I hope I say that enough times. And anytime you think I got it, I don't got it important people understand that never think for one second that i got anything this is the world that i grew up in i'm just thinking about it now as we're talking about it i think college was much different maybe it socially was different but academically they dangled a carrot in front of me called law school that was so prominent take these classes do these things take this test this is the symbol. This is the symbol. Here it is. U.S. U.S. News and World Report. This is the symbol. These are the top colleges. These are the top uh, law schools. This is the top. This is the top. This is the... never ended. I got to law school. These are the top law firms. I got to the law firms. These are the people that you want to be like. These are the partners. These are the these are the groups that you want to be part. It's not even just the partners. These are the practice areas that you want to be playing in because these practice areas in this firm are considered to be important. I'm always, my mind was always sort of stuck in this world of there's a symbol that somebody else determines is the symbol of importance. And if you have a shot at that symbol, then you are striving towards that symbol. You don't have the time you don't have the skills. You don't have the tools 
to determine the principles of your life. That's being determined for you. Your job is to figure out how to win. You're not going to question the game. The game is going on 24-7. All you're doing is TGIFing. You're just working as hard as you can and looking forward to the vacation. But to stop and to say, what are the principles? What do I want to be remembered for? What do I want my life to stand for? And is my actions manifesting my principles? Are what I do during my waking hours connected to what I want to stand for in my life? Do my hours and my life align? To the principles of what I want my life's work to be. And for whatever years I have on this earth, am I spending my hours every day and week manifesting what I want to be? Or am I just getting through my day playing a game that somebody else is making? trying to be successful, hoping that when I get to the top of the hill that somebody else built, I'll feel the feeling that I'm supposed to feel that they all look like they all have, but never ever stopping to ask myself, well, what do I stand for? Unless a crisis hits, unless I have a minute to think, which I don't have, because even when I do, I don't, because even when I do, I got to put some podcast on because I got to make sure that if I'm in the, and by the way, as I'm thinking this, people are, I hope listening to this podcast as if you listen to this podcast right now, thank you so much. But there's got to be a time where you're in a car or on a train or walking down the street where you're not doing anything. There's got to be a time where we're just thinking. but understand where it's coming from so we can understand how to get over it. It's coming because that's what was put in front of us for so, for 31 million seconds before we even had a shot to change it. Maybe post high school, you can change it, but pre high school, what chance do you have? Again, unless you're homeschooling, unless you're living in an environment that allows you this. Okay, if you're one of the exceptions, God bless you. But if you're a regular kid like me, and you grew up in a school, in a world, in a community. If you grew up in an environment, there's nothing wrong with it. It could be teaching you amazing. I'm not anti-school. Schools are amazing. And they can teach you amazing things. Families are amazing. And they can teach you amazing. There's nothing wrong with going for symbols. There's nothing wrong. And in fact, the only hope is that the symbols that you're going after is aligned with what your life's purpose is, for sure. And you can learn things. By the time you're 18, the habits of greatness that seem normal to you. So when you get out into the world, it just feels like you. Amazing. There's so many amazing things that healthy communities, families, schools have that can change lives. I'm not against it. I'm just trying to identify for me and for you, this idea so that we can see it for what it is. People are always setting symbols for us. That's what marketing companies do for a living. 
they dangle carrots with promises of emotions that never really come. That's called being normal. That's being normal. But at some point we have to cross the river. When you cross the river, you start to take control of your own goals. You make your own symbols. I got to end with this. It's already 920. That was, by the way, the power of Abraham. Abraham was called in Hebrew an Ivri. In English, it's a Hebrew. But the real root of Ivri is Aver, which means the side of, an, of a river. Because he stood on one side and the whole world stood on the other side. Abraham the father of monotheism really was the father of saying, I want to determine my own values. All right, we'll continue. All right, everybody keep on looking for this in your life. Nothing wrong with it. Don't judge it. There's a lot good there. Just look for it. Let's search for it. Let's watch it happen. As we watch it happening in our minds, we can be in control of it. With God's help, we'll continue to push. All right. Have an incredible day. Thanks for tuning in. I appreciate it. With God's help, I cannot wait to see you in tomorrow. Have a great day.